Hi, ULs and FLs. Just a quick trigger warning. In today's episode, Simon and I make reference to gender-based violence, so just be aware that that's coming up in today's conversation. Hi, it says that Lee has notifications silenced. Only on one of my many uh, devices. Um, hello, it sounds like you might have had a hard week. Oh, do you want to clap and just get it over with? Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have forgotten. Three, two, one. My clapping's got a little lacklustre. Everything about me is a little lacklustre. I'm, switch- oh, no. I'm switching the camera off. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want to be looked at. <laughs> oh, pop it. I think I've got the equivalent of jet lag if you got jet lag from looking at the computer screen and writing the same sentence over and over and over again. I feel like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. The same sentence? Yeah, you know when you just... It feels like you're writing the same sentence over and over again. Because uh, I'm doing documentation, so it's not, you know, for... for, for oh, God, I can't, I can't even finish the sentence. It's so that, exciting. And, and that's what your week has... Uh, it's been very much um, like you're stuck in a Palm Springs type... Um... Oh, I like that you went to the Amazon Prime original movie Palm Springs starring Adam... Alan? Adam? Adam? Andy? Andy Sandberg. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> yes, that's Andy Sandberg. That's and right. And Christina I forget Christina Malotti. Yes. Who uh, was in the Broadway uh, staging of Once, but is perhaps more famous for being in How I Met Your Mother's Final Season. And, much derided. Um, is it much derided? I, do, I believe so, yeah. Something to do with the fact that, I don't know. I think she's great in Oh, she's things. great. Uh, no, I think it was the series that was derided, not her presence in it. Right. Yeah, no, I, um, I take a lot of pleasure in that film. I don't mm. quite know why, but I... <laughs> it's a cracker. I it's really cracker. enjoyed it. Yes, I didn't go to Groundhog Day. Is what no, that was, I was, yeah, I was really impressed. While we speak about Amazon Prime original movies, um, <laughs> <laughs> if Mr. Bezos would like to give us some money, we will redistribute it to people who need it more than him. Basically means everyone can pay with him. <laughs> exactly. I, another billionaire went into space, didn't they, this week? Really, uh, that hasn't been on yeah. my news radar. My uh, news radar has been um, has been focused on wine and cheese at, uh, at Downing Street. Oh well, this was at the beginning of the week, so this was this predated the wine and cheese affair. The hypothetical that never happened. Yeah. So it was. It was only hours before that story broke. I think it was. I think I heard it on Monday morning. There was um, a billionaire from Japan who is rich because of clothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and... you mean? Um, do you mean that uh, that store that? Uh, M- not Muji. There's another one. Oh, I'm the worst at this. This is when you step in and save me. Yeah, but I don't remember. I think it's an online fashion emporium, and I don't know fashion emporiums online because I don't shop at them. Sorry. So yeah, so he was he went into space and was given a hundred tasks, um, and I was um, at first I thought, oh, yeah, he he opened it up to like Twitter, and so the tasks are things like play golf, eat an egg. They're not like I thought he would be like experimenting on plants and something useful right. for the world. I was thinking it was Uniqlo, by the way, but it could be Wego. Could be, don't know. Anyway, anyway, 
he um it costs 66 million pounds to send him into space with nice. the, with the russian cosmonauts and i did find myself thinking hmm i wonder what else you could have done with your 66 million pounds that wouldn't yes. have been quite so oh what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> <laughs> let's just stick with profligate <laughs> you know yeah it's yeah, the only thing is it's a little bit like that um it's oh, it's really isn't I mean I'm it's full agreement just just to be clear. <laughs> Are you about to take the side but. of the billionaire? <laughs> this would be so unlike you, Simon. To no, take the I'm not part. about to take. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I was just thinking that um, how we spend our money yeah. is always peculiar. Oh, whether it's whether we have a little bit of money yeah. or an extraordinary amount of money, why yeah. would someone spend their money on that? You know, like I don't know, uh, um, milk. Why? You know, why not make your own milk, oat milk? For example? Okay, I'm really glad that you said why not make your own oat milk <laughs> because <laughs> I don't have the mammary capacity to make my own milk. <laughs> <laughs> Show title. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So how's your week been? Because I just launched into a... I, I think I'm my week might have been better than day. yours. Mm. Well, yeah, I think it, it uh, might have been. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I can't uh, imagine I mean, having had a worse week. Not that we're in a competition, although that would be a funny competition. Two academics vying for having the best week. Um, yeah, I, I've just... It's been, I mean, a little bit. It's pretty laggy. Mm. It's a strange thing when you... Um, you know, just get to the end of the day and dog tired. Sorry, Jeffrey. I mean it in the best possible way. And um, and you think, oh, this is going to be the day. I'm going to sleep through. And then you you know, it's like it's ten thirty. It's a proper time of yeah night to yeah. go to bed. Yeah. And uh, and then you wake up and you go, oh my god, I did it. And it's two thirty. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And then so I listened for I listened to podcasts for two hours. Um, oh. While waiting for a uh, over-the-counter um, sleeping tablet to kick in, and then by the time it kicked in, it was I was waking up at about eight, and it was really gone, really groggy. Oh my god! Oh uh, yes, it's been like that all week, really. Right. So I similarly had an interrupted night of sleep last night, but mine was for a different reason. Uh, drug fueled? No. Although I did have a, a bottle of wine. Not a bottle of wine. God, a glass Shit. of wine. No, it was a glass. It was I didn't share the glass. I, sh- I drank the glass all by myself. Right. But yesterday was the six-month anniversary of my second COVID vaccine injection. Oh, you had a um, you had a booster. I had a booster, and motherfucker, does my arm hurt? Oh, you mean more than the first two? Oh, my lord. This would have been Pfizer. Did you have, did you have AstraZeneca? I had, I had AstraZeneca the first two times, the same as yes. you, but this yeah. was Moderna. Oh. The Moderna, Moderna. Spikevax is its now its current um, trade name. Spikevax. Yeah. I could not imagine a less appealing name. And yeah, that's strange. my arm by bedtime was doing a little song, a song of sadness. A song of pain and sadness. A song of well, it was mostly sadness in the was evening. Was it Sondheim? It, it was son. Oh yes, gone too soon. 
<laughs> I was more at. Uh, I was more at. What's that? What? Yeah, I, I just need you with the moments like this. This is why I have you in my life. Really, is um, what's the mu- musical about? Kiss me, Kate. Is it Kiss me, Kate? Kiss Me Kate is a musical indeed. It's, it, the, it's based upon it's Taming of the Shrew. That's not, That's right. it's not a Sondheim. No. You're kidding me, it's not. It's not. Oh. Uh, you're going to have to check because now I don't trust myself. It's uh, music and lyrics by... You're uh, right, it's not. Rodgers and Hammerstein, I'm going to guess. Oh, come on, you went... You, Cole Porter. Oh, Cole Porter, there you go. See? Yeah. I knew it was the golden age, so I knew we were definitely pre... I think because... Um, <laughs> Sondheim really kicks off with West Side Story and his collaboration with Jerome Robbins, who, of course, you know because he's a choreographer, and Leonard Bernstein, who is, of course, the composer. Yes, and, of course, uh, Steven Spielberg has just released a um, a version of it. He has indeed, which looks fabulous, but I don't I'm quite think... excited to see it, Lee. I'm just going to wait until it's someone, some illegal download site. <laughs> Anything that, that ends you in showed me. Oh, oh my God, I can't believe you would impugn my good name. I learned all of my piracy off you. We might get into trouble. You might have to edit this bit. Oh, you know, I suspect I will. We did not uh, download those things. No. Um, uh, whilst eating wine and cheese uh, illegally. We're just having a laugh about it. Or as so, she said, her name is... Allegra. Um, Allegra Stratton, yeah, and her apology said it seemed as if we were joking. <laughs> it seemed <laughs> <laughs> you were, just to be clear. <laughs> Isn't doesn't I think I'm going to do some Hamlet for you now? Oh, I think Hamlet says uh, to his mother, "Nay, madam, I know not seems." I think Ooh. I know not what seems. He's he, mm. something about you seem sad, yeah. and he goes, "No, no, it's not seeming." It's it's the real deal, and I, I'm gonna I'm going to evidently have to look that up at some point. Um, I'm doing it uh, right now. Yes, it's, you're spot it's, on. Uh, did I get it right? Yeah. Hamlet. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's after um, she said something along, "Cast off thy inky cloak." It's about him being sad. Seems, for Madam Nay, it is. I know not. Seems, yeah. tis not alone, etc. I mean, etc. etc. There we go. Oh, I am so good at remembering things that I forgot. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlife In. Um, there's a funny moment. Well, I don't think it's that funny, but there is a moment uh, at the end of our conversation the episode last week, mm-hmm. where I say, now that's something, Lee Miller, that we can agree on. Yes. And it's a particularly... Uh, sh- shall I keep going with this? Yeah, why not? Because I know where it's going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a, it's a particularly <laughs> Can I say this moment. massive fucking record scratch from talking about what we were just talking about? But yes, it is, but I'm just thinking that there's been a bit of music and we've just introduced ourselves. And now we're on. What are we on? This, is, this must be... Uh, this is, uh, you're listening to episode 58 right now. Anyway, there's a, there's a, it's, a, it's referring the idea that when you think that's something we can agree on, you listen to that episode, we seem to be in total agreement. What you don't know, dear listeners, is that we had, well, 
quite a long and difficult conversation. We had a row. And Come on. We did have a row. Let's be honest. We had a fight. Didn't, yeah. And, Voices um, weren't raised, but we were, we were sharp with one another and cold with one another. We, we were, and Lee, rightly so, I think, cut it out. How would you describe a straw man argument, Lee Miller? Um, a straw man is something that is put up deliberately to be kicked, just to be beaten, because you, it effectively has no, you know, it, it has no purpose other than to be uh, pulled apart. Yeah, and it's, so it's really, it's something, it's something easy to pull apart. Yeah. It's like the lowest hanging fruit of a particular argument. Yeah. Like one, one that comes to mind, I don't know if this is a good example, but um, someone who's not into vaccines uh, says, but I know people who have been vaccinated who've had COVID. Yes, Right. That's like to me that's a really low hanging fruit or a straw man argument for why one shouldn't take vaccines. Yeah. And have you heard of a steel man argument? No, I haven't, but I'm guessing it's the opposite of a straw man. It's <laughs> because of inference. Would I be I correct? really like the gendered the gendered aspects of this um <laughs> seems entirely appropriate. So what I thought I would try and do mm-hmm. is construct a steel man or steel person <sighs> argument for what you were saying last week. Right. In order for us to have this conversation. Okay, have at it. Can I try? Yeah, why not? I'm just going to kick back and <laughs> cradle my brokey arm. I'm feeling a little bit anxious because it's going to test my memory, but you're going to cut out all the bits where I struggle, and also you're going to help me with, I, my, I, with I, my... I will I will jump in every now and then. I should also say for the ULs and FLs that I did promise, Simon, that what I would do is um, do an edit of the conversation that we had. And my week has been so busy. Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that I, every time I sat down and started to listen to it, I just lost the will to live. So I just went, oh. no, I can't do this. So I couldn't oh. find the emotional fortitude to do the labor. So I just went, I can't do this. So I apologize that I've not been able to follow through to make your life a bit easier, Simon. So I will help. No, 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 no need to apologize. Um, so it started innocuously. And um, it's not important how it started in the sense, except... Uh, except my response to what Lee said was, more or less, what's the point in that kind of protest when the horse has already bolted? Meaning, if someone's against something, but that thing has already happened, why continue to protest about that thing? Yes. Is that, do you think that's a fair... Yeah, and the thing that we were discussing, you there was a, a group of people, and you said, uh, it's easy to say that you're against something, but what are you for? That was also yes. part of your critique. Yes, yep. And then you, I think, I think it's correct that you turned the conversation rightly into something more difficult to talk about, which was violence against women. Yeah, I is, did. Is that I, correct? Yeah, yeah it, it sounds like, again, in a pricey, it sounds like a record scratch, but we were talking about the notions of what protests can do, and, and I had been reading during the week a variety of things about... <sighs> Neoliberalism was one thing I've been doing a lot of reading about because I'm, yeah. and I, as I said in the conversation that we had, I'm, I'm supporting third year, yeah, third year dissertation students. So I'm having to read around stuff and remind myself of stuff because of what they're bringing to me. So one topic was neoliberalism um, and another topic was second wave feminism. So the two were in my head quite close to one another, which is how I went from a conversation about complaining about effectively neoliberalist market um, economics in, in the university sector and then to what probably does feel like a, a bit of a record scratch to violence against women but in my head second wave feminism was quite close yes and you were you were making i think actually very strong arguments that this is something that continues like 
that it continues to be an enormous problem. And so I did a little bit of, just a little bit of reading just to, um, I don't want to make it out like I'm um, doing preparation. But it's, you know, so here's one headline from The Guardian. This is from July 2021. Epidemic, epidemic of violence against women underway in England and Wales. I'm not quite sure what they meant by, under, by underway. Mm. But um, uh, actually that doesn't, doesn't have so many, so many stats. But here's another one. This is from uh, Office of National Statistics, ONS. One in five women have experienced some form of sexual violence since the age of 16. That was from 2013. Same year, approximately 85,000 women are raped and over 400,000 women are sexually assaulted in England Wales every year. Sexual violence is even more prevalent, prevalent for younger women as one in three teenage girls experience some form of sexual violence from a partner. Um, and then coercive control or pressure is used more frequently by partners than physical force as 16% of girls have been raped under pressure. Anyway, it, it, uh, this is where my, this is where, which I'll get to, my kind of response falls down in a flaming heap, right? Which is, we were talking about and are talking about something which is a massive problem. And even if these ONS statistics, even if someone in their most cynical lives was saying, well, those are, they're inflated, even if they're 50% out, even if they're 80% out, they're still astoundingly appalling numbers, right? That, that quite simply, a woman not only should feel, but should actually be safe to walk along the street. And so you were you were saying, and and this is where I kind of where I sort of stepped in, which was <laughs> you didn't present these numbers, but you know it's not that I wasn't unfamiliar with uh, if if it's described here as an epidemic, which was a kind of a solution. And what you were saying is that we must continue to actively protest against this um, um, this let's say state of affairs. Is that a fair? I think it's a it's a, a fa- it's a it's a much more coherent and cohesive argument than the one I I put forward because like all of our conversations it went all over the map. I think I I was a little less um I was a little less measured and I wasn't able to marshal my thoughts with quite the clarity that you've just been able to to kind of bring things together because yeah I've had a week to think about it. <laughs> yeah it was less about protest and it was it was more about responsibility so actually i think i slipped off protest relatively quickly and started Ah. to talk about how do we take responsibility for the actions of people who look like us and i think that was the bit that we started to get into sort of more difficult terrain about because yes i did that very lazy thing that i have a habit of doing and i think all of our uls and fls have heard me go god white men as if i'm not one yeah, as if I am not absolutely, and we've actually had this conversation before about my occasional sense of shame about being part of um, a privileged elite that has got nothing to do. Well, I know I was going to say nothing to do with with uh, with what I've earned in the world because that's how elites and privilege works. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, I think I so, think that was that was where we started to come unstuck in our conversations because I was I was critical, openly critical, and I think I I, I don't although I I think probably I could have been more gentle in some of my conversations with you, especially as you were very jet lagged last week, Simon. And that I think is important for us to reflect upon because um, that did inform our ability to converse with one another. I. 
I still hold to that sort of sense of we have to we have to take responsibility and by we i mean you and i but by we i also mean society the the complexity of we yes and this is where i piped up and i i think i mean i would love to hear from people who don't agree with that idea meaning taking responsibility the question of how we take responsibility of course is more is oh, more tricky that's so hard and i if i had an answer i think i would be probably in that room talking about cheese and wine and laughing about it you know yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And this, and it is where I piped up. Um, I don't know this of myself. Um, you said you said something to me which which was a little bit right, but also a little bit hurtful. Which which is okay. Um, but and I don't know about why I'm doing this. Um, but it comes down to a, a headline from a newspaper, an online newspaper in New Zealand called Stuff, which is very curious that it's called stuff.co.nz. And it's from last week. So it was just entirely um, ironic, as Alanis Morissette would have said. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and not a coincidence. It was just a coincidence. And it says the headline is The Impossible Task, How New Zealand Plans to Tackle Violence Without Maligning Men. And that was effectively what I was... Um, that headline sort of sums up my, mm. I guess, my anxiety, which was yeah. how how do we not ostracize, mm, is that the right word? How yeah, do we not uh, yeah, ostracize these men who are responsible for, men like us who are responsible for that violence? And effectively, um, let's say... <laughs> disenfranchise them from a big conversation about responsibility and your response and i and i i think it's an important one is now's not the time to be worrying about them you yeah. said it slightly more <laughs> evocatively i think i said they can all fuck off is what i said simon uh they can yes. just fuck off is what I um, <laughs> I'm trying not to use swear language because I'm just imagining that somewhere there's a post posthumous form of podcasting going on, and that my mum is listening to this episode. <laughs> <and> you know, <laughs> earlier on, earlier on, when I when I said that my arm hurt like a motherfucker, I very nearly went, "I am so sorry, Gabriel," <laughs> because I know that your mum would not have been enjoying that bit. But there's a note in your mother's <laughs> spreadsheet next to my mother's name which says, "Does not like swear words." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I feel I feel doubly bad now. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> even though I think in this particular instance, whilst your mum would not have forgiven my use of the language, she would, I think, appreciate that I am trying to meet your honesty with my honesty, because you were yes. letting me off a little bit too easily then when you said. You were a little more strident in well, your opinion. I'm, I did tell them. I'm I still a little bit steel manning in the sense I'm still trying to. Ma I'm still not trying to. I'm, I'm still trying to do my very best because I do think, certainly because I think we're in disagreement. And I, although I'm not sure the extent to which the extent of that disagreement, but I am. I think it's a really important thing, which is to go. Well, yeah, it's all easy for me to think what I think, but how do I? in the best possible way, step into the shoes of this other person and mount an argument against myself, yeah. as it were. Okay. But anyway, the only thought I have, and that's pretty much the end of the story, I think, except you said, what would you do? And, and this is when it got heated for me, which was, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start by telling them to fuck off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
But I think the things that I was thinking about during the week, the word that kept coming back to me was dignity and that the responsibility, our responsibility, the responsibility of culture is to preserve the dignity as best as possible of everyone. So dignity is being stripped from these women. Absolutely right. In extraordinary ways. But then there's also the dignity of people who, I mean, I'm going to use the word perpetrators, which of course in that article and stuff they 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 don't even use they make a point about how the word perpetrator is not even used mm. and i wonder what you think about that i think the idea of dignity and i think everybody deserving dignity is is <laughs> idealistic no i was going to say laudable simon i think it's laudable i think where i struggle is in the Okay, so I gave an example of when I was when I was um, seventeen, eighteen, oh, and I was right. at my, I was at what I guess would now be articulated as my school prom, <laughs> but it, it, it wasn't called that at the time. It was a disco. It was. Do an, they call them proms now here I in the UK? Think they do. I think it's become endemic. Thank you, America. Yeah, cheers for that. Yeah. I think I've gone on the record that I was a, a chubby kid. I also wasn't a particularly tall kid or a, a physically capable kid. And with a particular taste for clothing. Yeah, yeah. Outlandishly loud. Uh, oh, colourful. That mixture of things. I also had long hair. I didn't do myself any favours in terms of wanting to go under the radar. Oh, I love it. I love that about you. At this school disco, three big rugby playing lads. And they were big. They were all a head taller than me. And they were all wider than I was and they were muscled rather than uh, <laughs> than fat. As I said to Simon last week this is a deeply shameful thing for me to uncover to kind of go back to. I, I squashed this down and don't really think about it. And, and you did say that. Like, I mean this is a strange thing we're doing in a way because of course <laughs> we could just play it from last week but you did say you don't know, it's like you hadn't thought about it yeah. in years, you didn't even know where, it really yeah. just jumped it d- up it just, at, at It you. came from nowhere and so uh, this is this is easier to repeat than it is to edit you know, to go back uh, to the edited version because it was so raw listening to it. Whereas mm. saying it now, it's like, oh, well, it's already twice behaved behavior. I've said this once. It's a story now. It's, it's easy to, it's <laughs> easier so to negotiate. Yeah. Um, so it's, like it's more abstract. Yeah. Though, it? Yeah, absolutely. Because I've, I've, I've already gone through the process of trying to frame it as a narrative. So mm. I was approached by these three big lads and they wanted to they wanted to beat me up. They wanted to beat me up for being different, for being little, for being gay, um, of which they were absolutely convinced I was. Um, so I was othered by them. And, you know, the, the, the actuality of what I was is neither here nor there. Didn't matter to them. I was other. I was wrong. I was different. I was Did all of those things. Did it matter to you? Did it matter to you in, in terms of how, that they'd got you wrong? No. It was irrelevant. So these guys wanted to take me out and they wanted to beat the shit out of me. And if it wasn't for an ex-SAS games teacher um, who who gently stepped in with, thankfully, a six-foot-four frame and a very terrifying demeanour to just encourage them to, to jog on, I think... Um, you would have been beaten I up. I think I would have been beaten up. And... Um, uh, the thing oh, I big shout out to your games teacher, SAS games teacher. Who yeah. everyone needs an ex SAS person as their games teacher. Wow. So th- that came up for me last week because the point I was trying to get at in a very very long winded way, and it's long winded again today, is that I carried with me that sense of fear and shame from one unprovoked and undelivered upon 
moment of violence. Yeah. And that's where I said, and they can fuck off. The they I was talking about were those three lads. So I think this is what I mean about the laudable, but you also, you know, said um, idealistic. I think it's an, it, it asks an awful lot of somebody who has had violence perpetrated against them, which, to be clear, I did not have. Yeah. I, am not a lo- I am not kind of making some easy comparison. I'm saying quite the opposite. I'm saying I was horrified and terrified and nothing happened to me. Imagine yeah. what it's like to have anybody. So that's why I was kind of going... I. I don't think I was able to say this last week because I think we were both <laughs> not in the right place. While I can hear what you're saying about everybody deserving dignity, in an ideal world, they do. But it's asking an awful lot of somebody who has had all of their dignity stripped from them to then try to offer that level of kindness back to somebody else. Next time on Midlifing. I don't know how it would be, let's say, acted upon. Yeah. Uh, talking about it as a systemic societal problem, that unless the conversations are happening with and to those men who are so whatever the word is, mm-hmm. that their their recourse to action is to commit acts of violence towards other people, that unless that conversation is with them and isn't shaming them, then we are, that to, like my kind of sense is that we, we, they are and we are lost.